0: I'm Susan Mullner for Jersey Arts, the podcast. The Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey chooses one play every summer for an outdoor production in a Greek-style amphitheater set into a hillside on the grounds of the College of St. Elizabeth. The outdoor stage is a magical spot in the long summer twilight, and this year's play, Shakespeare's The Tempest, takes full advantage of its setting. The day before the Tempest opened, I dropped in on rehearsal and got a taste of Prospero's power.
1: Pray you tread softly that the blind mole may not hear a footfall. We are now near his cell. Monster, your fairy, which you say is a harmless fairy, has done little better than played the jack with us. Monster, I do smell all horse piss at which my
0: nose is in great indignation. So is mine. Do you hear, Monster. If I should take a displeasure
1: against you, look you! Thou no, art but a lost monster! Good, my lord, give me thy favor still. Be patient, for the prize I'll bring thee to shall hoodwink this mischance. Therefore, speak softly. All's hushed as midnight yet.
0: Aye, but to lose our battles in the pool! There's not
1: only disgrace and dishonor in that monster, but an infinite loss! Pretty, my king, be quiet! Seest thou here, this is the mouth of the cell. No noise and enter, do that good mischief which may make this island thine own forever, and I, thy caliban, for I thy foot licker.
0: Earlier, I spoke with Bonnie Monti, the artistic director of the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey. She described her first encounter with the words of the great playwright.
1: When I was really little, when I was two, I remember my mom teaching me, uh, uh, because it rhymed and it was easy to learn and it was fun, I learned the entire uh, witch scene from Macbeth. I I could say double, double toil and trouble backwards and forwards. And so my very first memories of Shakespeare are fun and wonderful. Um, I have to say that I did not, I had a couple of bad Shakespeare teachers in school and then I got a little bit turned off and didn't engage in it as much as I might have had I had different teachers. I will say that Franco Zeffirelli's film that came out when I was a young teen changed my mind about Shakespeare again. I fell in love with that film uh, and I fell in love with the poetry. And so I started reading a little bit of Shakespeare on my own but I didn't do much of it at all professionally when I started out because I worked, even though I worked for a classic company as my first big job, Uh, It was a classic company that focused on everything but Shakespeare. So it really wasn't until I came here and took over that I began to engage in it on a daily basis. And it's been an extraordinary journey, really, to uh, take over a theater whose focus is Shakespeare and to, like a young person, kind of engage in it as a journey of discovery. So it's been fascinating. I think in a weird way it also helped me. I didn't have... I didn't come in with predetermined notions about what it should or shouldn't be. And so my approach to it has kind of evolved through the practice of it, which has been great.
0: What do you think are the biggest mistakes that people make when first exposing children to Shakespeare?
1: I think that they make the mistake of assuming that a child won't get it. And I think kids get it better and quicker than anybody. It's very visceral when you put it on its feet. And I think that little kids, even even little little kids, are perfectly capable of comprehending it, and appreciating it, and loving it. And so I think that the, a lot of people dumb it down, or paraphrase it, and then it stops becoming Shakespeare. I mean, it is the verse that he writes that makes it so spectacular. And so I think that's the biggest crime, so to speak, um, is is either altering it so that quote somebody will understand it because then it ceases to be the thing that you want them to understand. Or, uh, or assuming that the person who's going to be engaging in it is not going to get it. That's um, an incorrect assumption, I think.
0: Obviously, you have all of Shakespeare's works to do. Do you choose a, a, a production like The Tempest for a particular reason?
1: With the Shakespeare's in particular, I mean, you you have 36 plays, so there is a limit to what you can do and how often you can do it. Uh, There are a a number of them that we do more often because they're more popular. But every year we look at what hasn't been done in a while. Um, We look at which of the plays speak to what's happening in the world and, and would be the most resonant and relevant for our audiences. And in regard to the outdoor stage, if we're planning a Shakespeare production, we look at which productions are best served by an outdoor environment. And certainly The Tempest, which takes place, um, begins with a huge storm, a huge tempest, and uh, and then takes place for the most part on this mysterious island, seems to be very apt for an outdoor production. We've never done that particular play outside before, so we're very excited about it. And we haven't done that play in, in about seven or eight years, so... It's a good one. It seemed a good choice for this year.
0: Tell me about this um, outdoor venue.
1: This is an extraordinary venue. There are very few like it in the United States. It's a uh, basically a 1,000-seat Greek amphitheater uh, modeled to some degree after the Theater of Dionysus in Athens. It sits right outside the Parthenon. It was built in the 1930s. I think it was a WPA project. Uh, It's all grass and stone, and it overlooks uh, a beautiful view of this valley. Uh, It's just spectacularly gorgeous. And there are very few professional companies in the nation working in an actual Greek amphitheater. So it's a very unique setting. Um, It's tremendously conducive to picnicking. Um, We've started that tradition with our audience, and it's only about eight years old, I think, this particular venue, in terms of our being there. Uh, Obviously, it's a much older space, but um, in that eight-year period, we've watched our audience quadruple, and there are nights where it's just packed. You cannot get anybody else in there, and that's very exciting. It's a lot of families. It's a lot of kids. You don't have the, 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 the constructs that the main stage space kind of demands, you know, um, kids can run around, um, you know, obviously they can't run around on stage during the show, but they're allowed to squinch and squiggle and they don't get as restless as they might during a main stage show. And so particularly for parents who have younger kids, this is a great way to get them to the theater without worrying about, you know, will they behave. And it's a great night out. You don't have to hire a babysitter. Parking is free. Bring your own food. Have a great time. The shows are abridged when they're out there to be no more than two hours in length. So um, it's a great night.
0: You are the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey, but obviously you do more than just Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. How does it all fit together in your mind?
1: Well, we're a company dedicated uh, to classic work with a certain focus on Shakespeare. And what's great is that when you have a scope beyond Shakespeare, it allows you, as you pick a season, to uh, look at each season of eight plays as a, as a larger piece of art and so by carefully juxtaposing certain pieces you can create a kind of bigger picture vision of what we're talking about in any given year this season for example we, we label each of our seasons with a slogan not necessarily um, thematically tying everything together you know for example it's not an entire season about Um, love or hate or you know whatever theme one wants to pick but somehow the works when juxtaposed do shed a greater light on certain thematic threads that run through human behavior and um, we felt very strongly that in this time of you know such global strife both economically and in every other way um, people have become somewhat fearful of a lot of things and so, to kind of counteract that, we decided to do a season of Fantastic Voyages where the encouragement is to engage in the world and to get out there and to embrace it and to not turn one's back on other people and other experiences and uh, to stay open to discovery. So that's what this season's all about. And we try to do that with every season, kind of create a, an overwhelming, larger sense of what the work in combination becomes all about so
0: just in the next um, month or two what are what are the plays that people could could be seeing
1: this week the Tempest opens at the outdoor stage and then in a week from then we will open with Molière's School for Wives on the main stage which is a kind of mid-season mid delightful frothy romp uh, again with some uh, with some moral observations and lessons but probably the least weighty of the shows that we're doing this season. And then in combination with Noises Off, that continues the comedy for a while. And then in the fall, we get into some heavier stuff.
0: Oh, great. Thank you so much. You're
1: very welcome. Thank you. William
0: Shakespeare's The Tempest, directed by Joe Disher, runs through August 2nd on the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey's outdoor stage. For more information, visit shakespearenj.org or jerseyarts.com. I'm Susan Wallner for Jersey Arts the Podcast, Thanks for listening. Jersey Arts, the podcast, is a production of State of the Arts. Watch it on NJN Public Television, Fridays at 8.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 11.30 p.m. Individual stories can be seen anytime on njn.net. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is pleased to co-produce State of the Arts the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.